The Chiefs take down the Broncos on Thursday night football. Are we about to see a fire sale in Denver? And it's every single game preview and pick for week six. All that's coming up next on The House Call. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Gridiron segment here at House Call Sports. I'm here with Mitch. My name is Matt. And before we recap Thursday night football and preview week six's games, I want to give a shout out to the sponsor of this video, and that is Lids. Lids.com is the number one place for hats, all teams, all styles, all brands. There's hats, there's shirts, there's jerseys, and there's much more from official leagues and brands. They ship free to any store or on $50 orders online, and they've got new codes up every day because they're trying to save you some money, people. I can't even tell you how many hats I've got from lids in my life their brick and mortar store in the fifth avenue mall in anchorage alaska was a staple of my childhood and now their website is a staple of my adulthood so hit the link in the description to get your favorite teams favorite gear at lids lids any team anytime anywhere now let's talk some thursday night football as patrick mahomes travis kelsey and a stout chiefs defense beat the Broncos for the 16th straight time. Their losing streak is the fourth longest for any team against another team in NFL history. Obviously, the Broncos have looked horrible to start off this season. They are 1-5, and five, and there looks to be a lot of change on the horizon for Denver. So, Mitch, I'm going to go with you, my, my friend. Give me your takeaways from this game, first of all. And is it time to blow it up in Denver? Yeah, honestly, after watching that game, it, it might just be time to blow it up in Denver. I mean... Chiefs defense, they played well. They were playing against the Broncos, but I mean, Broncos offense just did not look good. They were not playing together. I mean, Jerry Judy was talking smack to Steve Smith Sr. before the game, and he put up 14 yards. Russ didn't even have, I mean, Russ was pretty much on par with this season, did not look good. Other than that Sutton one-hand touchdown, I don't see much hope. For the Denver Broncos. As for the Chiefs, I might have expected a little bit more uh, offensively, but I mean, they're just, they're rolling. Broncos are on the downhill. It's, it's looking rough for them. Yeah, like you said, uh, especially with Jerry Judy talking shit to Steve Smith, like that's the wrong person to talk shit to, Jerry Judy. Like Steve Smith is like top five greatest trash talkers of all time. Like there is there is no world where you should talk shit to Steve Smith. Like that is a horrible idea uh, if you're Jerry Judy. But yeah, I mean, it's like you said, uh, the first note that I have here is the Broncos are so fucked. Like they're just fucked for, for a long time too. It, you know, yeah. Russell's Will- Russell Wilson's extension hasn't even kicked in yet. To get out of that deal, it's 80 plus million in dead cap. You're paying Sean M- Payton 18 million a year to start one and five. And your defense is historically bad. And even when it's not historically bad and holds a historically great QB, tight end, and head coach like Kansas City to under 20 points, you only score eight points and you still lose by double digits. So, yes, trade everyone who holds any sort of value and try and tank for Caleb Williams if you're the Denver Broncos. As far as the Chiefs, I know some people are probably going to be concerned about their wide receivers and how Patrick Mahomes and how the offense has performed so far. Uh, I'm not concerned about that at all. They haven't looked great so far offensively, but we were kind of talking about our team pre-show, Mitch. Uh, these guys kind of remind me of the Patriots with Brady, where even when they don't look great, especially early in the year, they're working on things. They're trying to figure things out. They're trying to see what they got for the playoffs. Plus, exactly. I love what they've seen, what I've seen from that young defense so far. They haven't allowed more than 20 points in a game all season, and they've only allowed and they've allowed 10 points or less, excuse me, in three of those games. So I have no doubt at the end of the year, assuming health 
this team will be in at the very least the AFC championship game because that's where they always are. It's what the Patriots did for like the entire 2010s. And it's what the Chiefs have done basically since the Patriots got done doing it. So uh, I have absolutely no concern about the Chiefs. Uh, and honestly, I didn't have too many crazy takeaways from this Thursday night football game because it kind of went exactly how we expected it. The Chiefs, you know, won by double digits and that was the spread and that's what they covered, you know. So, uh, so yeah, well, with that, we might as well transition. Let's get into these week six picks, man. We got no guys from the UK on the show this week, but we might as well start there anyway. We've got another matchup in London for the third straight week. This time, it's an AFC matchup of two teams coming off tough divisional losses. We got the Baltimore Ravens coming off a loss to the Steelers and the Tennessee Titans coming off a loss to the Colts. So, Mitch, I'm kicking it right back to you, man. Who you got? You got Baltimore or you got Tennessee? In this one, in my opinion, the King Henry has not looked himself rec- looked like himself recently. Um, definitely, he has not really repeated much of what we have seen in the past couple years. And... After that, really, I don't know how the Ravens managed to lose last week. I don't think that that happens again, so I'm taking the Ravens in this one. I think Lamar probably, I think Lamar will put up a good game and they'll come away with the dub. Yeah, I don't know who said it uh, last week, but uh, they they said the Ravens receivers played like they hated Lamar Jackson. Uh, that's yeah. probably why they lost last week because, oh my gosh, seven drops. I mean, Nelson Aguilar, oh we know we, we know what happens with Nelson Aguilar. He drops the ball. Uh, he, he does not catch it. Uh, he attempts to catch it, I think, uh, and then does not. Uh, so, yeah, um, not a good look for the Ravens receivers last week. But like you said, Mitch, Tennessee just, like, does nothing special for me. Like, they don't have many players that I, like, really believe in at this point, even like you said, Derrick Henry looks bad. He's averaged 3.8 yards per carry so far. The rookie Tajay Spears has looked better. He's averaging 5.8 yards per carry. And like I said, he's looked better in limited action. So again, I'm not a believer in this Tennessee team. Mike Vrabel obviously gives them a chance to win every game because he's a great head coach. But I like Baltimore here as well. I think they're going to bounce back after a rough loss to Pittsburgh. Give me the Ravens here. I think it's going to be 24-13, a lower scoring game. But give me Baltimore here. With that, we might as well go to Atlanta where we got a matchup of a couple second-year quarterbacks who are trying to prove themselves as Sam Howell and the Commanders are going to face off with Desmond Ritter and the Falcons. So, Mitch, who you got, man? You got the Commanders or you got the Falcons? This one this one was a little tough for me. I'm local to D.C., so I've got a lot of Commanders fans around me. Um, but honestly, I don't see them stopping Bijan. Um, they're... Their run defense on paper should be good, but in these past couple weeks, they really haven't been able to shut down any offenses. Um, in addition to that, Emmanuel Forbes, he's shown some some bright spots, but he's been getting cooked by a lot mm. of re- receivers. He is maybe down the road, he'll become a lockdown corner, but against the Eagles, I mean, A.J. Brown was basically doing whatever he wanted. Um, oh. If... If Desmond Ritter can play mistake-free football, get a, a few plays here and there, I think they should come away with a win pretty easily. Sam Howell always always plays with heart, but I'm not sure that they're going to be able to beat the Falcons in this one. So I'm going to take the Falcons. Yeah, this is an interesting game. Kind of like you mentioned with uh, Emmanuel Forbes, Mitch. That was kind of like the scouting report coming on, at, come, you know, him coming out of Mississippi State was like he's gonna make he's gonna make some big plays, he's gonna make some picks, but he's also gonna get cooked, you know, because he's gonna take a lot of chances. Kind of like a a Trayvon Diggs from the last couple of years type corner. 
Um, but yeah, listen, so like you're kind of mentioning, Desmond Ritter, he looked good last week, and they finally got Kyle Pitts involved last week as well, which uh, unfortunately for my fantasy team, Kyle Pitts was on the bench because he'd been so horrible uh, before then. Uh, but both of which would be huge if they could keep that up. Unfortunately, I have no faith that Desmond Ritter is going to look good again and Kyle Pitts is going to m- maintain his you know, uh, involvement in that offense. Just based on the Falcons' recent history and what I've seen from both players in their young careers so far, even against, like you mentioned, Mitch, a bad commander secondary. So I'm going to go with the upset here. I'm going with the, I'm going with Washington. They're going to bounce back after that horrible loss that they had against Chicago on Thursday Night Football. I think it's going to be 23-20 to 20, Washington. But... We might as well move to the team I just mentioned, the Justin Jefferson-less 1-4 Minnesota Vikings who are thinking about trading Kirk Cousins versus the 1-4 Bears who finally, like I just mentioned, got their first win of the season last Thursday versus the Commanders. So, Mitch, who you got in this crazy matchup between the Justin Jefferson-less Vikings and the Chicago Bears? You know, thankfully, as I am going up against a team that does have... Justin Jefferson in fantasy football. I'm grateful that he's out this week, and um, that that might save my week. In this one, I think I'm going to take the Bears for the W. I think that they keep it rolling because, I mean, I saw some really bright spots from the Fields to DJ Moore connection. Uh, I know I've seen that clip. You've probably seen it, too, of DJ Moore saying, yeah, they haven't used me right. If you get the ball in his hands, I think... I don't think the Vikings stop him. I love Kirk. I think he'll probably play still a decent game, but I think the Bears could end up scoring a lot of points on him. I'm going to take the Bears win with this one. Yeah, like you mentioned, the the Fields and DJ Moore combo last week. I mean, eight grabs, 233 touchdowns for DJ Moore is ridiculous. I was playing him last week in fantasy, so I lost, uh, obviously. Um, But... Like you mentioned, kind of with DJ Moore wanting to be involved more, that was, you know, week two. I think it was it was either week one or week two against Tampa Bay. And, you know, he's saying, yeah, they're not using me right. Well, I think if you get eight grabs for 230 and three touchdowns, they're probably using you a little bit more proper, <laughs> I would say. Uh, but I'm with you on this one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Chicago here. Justin Fields, he's been much maligned. Uh, there's been a lot of shit talk about Justin Fields, but he can take advantage of a bad defense or a secondary. We saw him and DJ Moore, like we were just talking about, build that chemistry last week and take advantage of a bad commander secondary. Uh, obviously, no Justin Jefferson for Minnesota. I like Je- I like Jordan Addison a lot as well. I think he's going to take up some of that slack, uh, but obviously not all of it. You can't pick up, you know, nine grabs for 100 yards, which just seems like what Justin Jefferson does basically every week. So for me, I think Chicago wins this one. I'm going to go Chicago. It's going to be a little bit higher scoring. I'm going 27-24 Chicago. Now, Let's move to a very intriguing matchup, or a matchup that I at least find very intriguing. Uh, This is a talented Seattle Seahawks team who are coming off a bye and have won three straight since losing in week one versus the Cincinnati Bengals, who looked awful until last week where they put up 34 points on Arizona, and Jamar Chase absolutely went off. 15 grabs, 192, and three touchdowns. So, Mitch, I'm kicking it right back to you, man. What you got? You got Seattle or you got Cincinnati? I'm with you. This... This one, I, I thought about this matchup a lot. I think this might be one of the closest games this week. I've always been a big Geno Smith fan. I think he's he's uh, he's shown that he he's there's a reason he's sticking around in this league. Yeah. However, after after the Joey B to Jamar connection I saw last week, I think that they're gonna keep that momentum. I think it's gonna be a very close game. Um, probably maybe within three to seven points, but I am going to take the Bengals in this one. Yeah, the, like you said, this is a this is going to be a very good matchup. I'm interested to see if Joe Burrow can continue what he showed last week 
versus Arizona. And he looked a lot better versus Arizona last week, but I'm not buying it, partially because they were playing Arizona. I don't trust right. Arizona's defense. I've seen a lot of guys play Arizona and look a lot better. Um, they're at home this week, but they're playing a much better Seahawks team whose defense the first three weeks was not good. The last time we saw them play, granted, it was against the Giants, and everybody sacks the Giants and beats up on Daniel Jones. They had 10 sacks against Daniel Jones, especially, look, and especially that same defensive line, and, and, and Witherspoon got a couple of sacks as well coming off the edge. But they're going up against a bad offensive line in Cincinnati. And they've also got two corners, like I mentioned, with Witherspoon and Woolen to kind of help neutralize Chase and Higgins. Um, and the Bengals need this game, too, because they have one of the hardest schedules in football remaining. Their next six games after this, they're at San Francisco, home to Buffalo. They're home to Houston, who's been better than expected. Then they're at Baltimore, home to Pittsburgh, and at Jacksonville. So they've got a really, really tough schedule. This might be a damn near must-win game for Cincinnati, you know, week six of the NFL season. But I think the Seahawks are going to take it. I think it's going to be close, like you mentioned. I think it's going to be within a score. But I'm going to go with the Seahawks here. I'm going 27 to 20 Seahawks over Bengals. Well, we're going to Cleveland, and I'm not sure this one's going to be for you because the red-hot San Francisco 49ers are 5-0 and who just dominated the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. They're going to face off against the Browns, who are coming off a bye and who will likely be without Deshaun Watson again this week, and it's going to be rookie quarterback DTR Dorian Thompson-Robinson who's going to get the start for Cleveland. So, Mitch, what you got? You're taking the Niners or are you taking the Browns? I am absolutely taking the 49ers in this one. I think that 49ers defense is probably going to make DTR's life hell. I don't think they're going to get much going against them. And at this point, I just don't see the Niners slowing down. They've pretty much, they looked almost flawless against the Cowboys. I mean, they got a bunch of different people involved. Purdy played mistake-free. I think that this is probably another blowout. I, I definitely take the 49ers in this one. This one, I'm going with the Niners too. Before I heard Deshaun Watson was out, I wanted to pick Cleveland in an upset here. You know, the Browns off a bye, Niners off a big emotional win over Dallas. But with DTR at quarterback, who I actually like, I've liked what I've seen from DTR, especially in the preseason. Uh, he's got absolutely screwed in his first two starts. His first start, he faced that Ravens defense. And the second start, he faces the best defense in football with Fred Warner, that defensive line, Nick Bosa, you know, Hufunga in the secondary. Like, this is just not a fair start for Dorian Thompson-Robinson's career. So this one could get ugly for him. The Niners just look like they're on a mission right now. They've easily been the best team in football. So yeah, I'm right there with you, Mitch. I'm going Niners. They're going to win this one pretty easy. I'll go 26 to 10. I think the Niners are going to take care of business in Cleveland. But now... Let's go to Houston, where Derek Carr and the Saints are coming off a 30-point demolition of our Patriots, and they're going to face off against a promising young quarterback, C.J. Stroud, in the Houston Texans. So, Mitch, I'll kick it right back to you, dude. Who you got? You got the Saints or you got the Texans? Yeah, this is another close one. I think it'll be in my opinion. Uh, from what I've seen from Stroud so far, very promising so far. I mean, other than the Richardson injury, he was looking good, but... From this class, I think he he's shown a lot of poise. I'm actually going to take the Texans here. I'm going to say they advanced to 3-3. Three and three. Saints look good against our Pats, but we were playing terrible. We made Derek Carr look like a Hall of Fame quarterback when that's, that's just not what he is. Um, I'm going to take the Texans here in a close game. I think if they can, especially if they can get Damian Pierce going, which we weren't able to get any run game going against them. But if they can get him going, get Stroud some easy looks, I think that they can come away with a W here. 
Yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, for me, obviously, you know, the Saints look dominant in the win against New England. And, I mean, basically everybody's been <laughs> dominant against New England at this point. Uh, but, you know, it's a tough last-second loss for Houston last week uh, as well against Atlanta. You know, it was on a, a young way coup field goal at the end. Uh, I don't think New Orleans or really anyone, for that matter, is going to take Houston lightly at this point because of how good, like you said, Mitch, C.J. Stroud. And I'm a big D'Amico Ryan fan. I love D'Amico Ryan's head football coach. I think he's really, really good as a head coach. Uh, so I don't think New Orleans is going to take them lightly at all or anyone for that matter. Uh, but I think, like you said, Mitch, I think the Texans are just going to come in here and flat out beat them in this one. Uh, I like the makeup of this Texans team a lot. I think they bounce back and beat New Orleans. I think it's going to be a lower scoring battle because I don't think either of these teams' offenses are all that special against a couple of pretty solid defenses. So I think it's going to be 19 to 16 in a lower scoring battle. But the Texans take this one at home over the Saints. We'll go with a complete AFC South matchup now where a couple of three and two teams coming off big wins will battle it out for first place as the Colts without Anthony Richardson go to Jacksonville to face off against Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars coming off two big wins across the pond in their second home of London. So Mitch, I'm going to you, man. What you got? You got the Colts, you got the Jags. This is a close one. Um, I think I really, I'm a big Anthony Richardson fan and I do have him in two fantasy teams. So I was bummed to see him go down. However, Minshew is probably one of the better backups in the league. Probably could be a starter somewhere. But um, I'm going to take the Jags here. They looked good against the Bills. Uh, I'm a big ETN fan, and watching him run all over the Bills was very nice to see. I think they advanced to 4-2 and two here, but I think it's close. Minshew probably puts up a good fight, but I'm going to take the Jaguars winning this one here. This is going to be a good, listen, okay, this game right here is a football game that football fans did not even know that they wanted until they got it, okay? I know it's for the division lead, but neither of these teams have been all that exciting so far. Obviously, you know, if it was the Richardson-Lawrence game, this would be much more entertaining and is what most people are probably thinking, okay? Well, I'm here to tell you the exact opposite is the case, okay? I'm obviously hoping Richardson can get back on the field because I obviously have a fancy, I got him in a fancy team as well because uh, he's been great and I don't want anyone to be injured. But this game is bigger than that because it's the Gardner Minshew revenge game, baby. Oh, they gave up on Minshew mania to go get Trevor Lawrence. Guess what, Jags? Colts by a touchdown. Gardner Minshew gets his revenge and then he stone colds a couple of PBRs together in the locker room to, after, the, after the dub, baby. It's going to be all Gardner Minshew in the Colts on Sunday. But with that, we might as well go to Miami where we have a major mismatch on our hands here. The 0-5 Panthers, led by Bryce Young, are going up against the absolute juggernaut of an offense, led by Tua, Tyree Kill, and Jalen Waddell in the Miami Dolphins. So we could probably be pretty quick on this one. Uh, I'll go over to you, Mitch. Who you got on this one, man? You got the Dolphins or you got the Panthers? Yeah, it pains me, but I don't think the Dolphins could lose this game. I mean, I don't even think they'd have to put Tua in to win this game. I mean, I don't think Bryce Young will do anything against them. I mean, Dolphins have just, their offense has been so electric. They are just rolling through teams. They've rolled yeah. through. They've shown that they can do it against a bunch of different teams. So I think the Dolphins win this one pretty easily. Maybe not another 70-point performance, but I'm thinking at least like 30-plus points on the, on the uh, Panthers. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, 
listen, the, you want me to give some real football analysis here? I mean, Miami's going to win. I mean, I keep, I'll keep saying it about Bryce Young. I've said it a bunch. I think he's a franchise quarterback, but he just doesn't have support right now. He's literally just got an old Adam Thielen to work with. And, and Thielen's having a good year, too. But that's not a great supporting cast. Uh, Miami's playmakers, the speed, they're not even going to have A-chain this game. Uh, it's going to be Mostert and, you know, Salvan Ahmed in the background and in, in the backfield. But it's not going to matter because they're going to have Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell and Tua Tungabailoa. That offense is playing better. That defense has looked a lot better as of late as well. So, yeah, this is not going to be great. Uh, Miami's going to run them off the field here. I think it's going to be 38-17. to 17. I'm going with Miami here by three touchdowns. It's not going to be a pretty football game for the Carolina Panthers. But... We're going to go to Vegas now where it's a couple of different things in this game that's going to be coming up. It's the Patriots fans like ourselves PTSD game from last year where Jacoby Myers threw the game-winning touchdown pass to Chandler Jones and they were on different teams. Uh, I'm also calling it the fake Pats versus the fake Pats game as apparently the real, but I'm also positive they are imposters in the New England Patriots who have lost their last two games by a combined score of 72-3. to Face off against Josh McDaniels, Jimmy G, and a bunch of other former Patriots. So, Mitch, I'm going to go to you, man. Who you got winning? You got our Pats or you got the Raiders? You know, I'm taking the Pats here. I, I'm clearly a Pats fan, but I just don't see a world in where Bill Belichick allows himself to lose this game. Against the McDaniels offense, they've poached our players. We've seen it in the offseason. McDaniels essentially is a thief. Um, it should be, it'll be close. I'm hoping it doesn't come down to a zero second play where Ramondre has the ball. I'm hoping that doesn't happen. But um, I'm taking the Patriots here. Uh, I think it'll be probably within one score. I can see Jacoby Myers putting up two touchdowns on us, but I think I think we're winning this game. Yeah, listen, I said it last week. Uh, I don't want the Patriots. And we were talking about it pre-show. I don't want the Patriots to win right now at all. I hope they lose every single game the rest of the season. Because first of all, that could land is Caleb Williams. And I'm big on the Caleb Williams hype train because I'm a USC fan too. So uh, Caleb Williams is going to be generational. So if we can land Caleb Williams, that'd be awesome. But second of all, it's going to take a truly awful season to get things changed and to make change for this team. Okay, we need a whole new offensive line, a whole new wide receiver core, and a new quarterback because they all suck. They're all bad, okay? And a truly awful season, which is what this season is obviously shaping up to be, uh, is what it's going to take. So I don't want to want to stop the debacles with the last two weeks. I want to see us lose the rest of the season so we can actually change something. Unfortunately, I know they won on Monday Night Football last week, but I have no belief in this Raiders team. Jimmy G looks terrible when he's under oh, any yeah. form of duress. He looks awful. I think Bill finds a way to exploit those weaknesses, and we get an absolutely greasy, disgusting football game on our hands here on Sunday. And the Patriots are going to grease out a 17-16 to win over the Raiders. Uh, and it's going to be disgusting to watch, and I'm not going to be happy about it. But we're going to move on to an NFC battle of division leaders as the 4-1 and Detroit Lions, who have looked dominant lately, are going up against a surprising 3-1 and division leader in Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are coming off a bye. So, Mitch, I'm going to you, man. Who you got? You got the Lions or you got the Bucks? You know, I've always been a big Baker guy. I think he took that – when he took that Browns team and – actually won games with them i mean i'll i'll never forget that i know browns fans might have forgotten it but i'll never forget that however lines have looked dominant i mean jared goff to the amon Ra, and then you've got i'm not sure if he's playing this week but you've got jameer gibbs you've got
David Montgomery. They've got a lot of weapons on offense, and their defenses look pretty stout as well. I'm going to take the Lions here. I think it could be higher scoring. I think we could see multiple touchdowns from both teams. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking the Lions advance to 5-1 and one here. Yeah, like you mentioned, uh, like you mentioned, Mitch, the the Lions' weapons are getting out of control at this point. They just got Jamison Williams back, obviously from his suspension. Sam Laporte at the tight end as well. That offensive line is really, really good oh, with yeah. Panay Sewell and uh, Frank Ragnow and got those guys on there. That's a really good offensive line. So this is going to be an underrated good matchup this week. The like you mentioned, the Lions have obviously looked like, a, in my opinion, a top three team in the NFC. I think I'd only put uh, the Eagles and the and the Niners above them at this point. Uh, and I'm a huge Lions guy as well. I was very big on them preseason and. Baker's having a little bit of a renaissance with the Bucks. I mean, however, that renaissance, I think, is going to come to a bit of a halt this week. I'm going to like Detroit in this one. Uh, they put pressure on Baker Mayfield. I think he's going to throw a couple of picks. And Goff in the offense takes advantage of a Bucks secondary that can be had. So give me the Bucks big in this one. I think this is actually going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be 34-17. to 17. I think the Lions are going to double them up in this one and blow them out. But let's talk some NFC West. It's going to be Josh Dobbs. In the one and four Arizona Cardinals, they're going to go up against Matthew Stafford in the two and three LA Rams. So, Mitch, I'm kicking it right back to you. What you got? You got the Cardinals, you got the Rams. Yeah, and this one, even though the Cardinals continue to lose games, they continue to lose games while still looking good in the process. Mm -hmm. And I, I think this is the week they turn it around and Josh Dobbs mm -hmm. gets that second win. After watching the Rams last week, I think that they're a beatable team for the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, I, I see a little bit of an upset here. I think maybe Stafford doesn't have a great game, even though you got Puka and Cooper. I think Cardinals just find a way to win here in a close matchup. Yeah, this is a team that I did not think was going to be the, the Cardinals, that is, that was going to be well coached at the beginning of the year because I saw all the stuff come from uh, from their head coach, Jonathan Gannon, <laughs> and he was just like super weird and super awkward. And I was like, there's no way that guy's going to be a good football coach. Like, there's no shot. But he's actually had this team ready to play every single week. He's had them ready to go, and they've been really competitive every single week. And they've had it. They haven't had a cakewalk of a schedule either. They played some tough teams. They obviously beat the Cowboys. They hung right in there with the 49ers for a while. So. This is a, it's a, it's not, I wouldn't say they're a solid, I still think they're a, probably a bad football team, but they're not horrible like we thought they were going to be. They're still a competitive team. They can win on any given week, but I'm going to take the Rams here. I said it last week and I just said it now. Uh, Arizona is much better than I thought they were. Josh Dobbs has actually played really, really well, but they will be without James Conner this week at running back. And I still don't think Arizona is that good of a football team. I think Stafford Cup and Puka are going to put on a show this week. I think Aaron Dottle makes a couple big plays as well. Give me the Rams here. They're going to win this one. It's going to be 30 to 20 Rams. With that, we're going to go to the Meadowlands where it's a 5-0 Eagles trying to make it 6-0 versus the Zach Wilson Jets who are coming off their second win of the season versus the Broncos. So, Mitch, what do you think in this one, man? You got the Eagles, you got the Jets. You know, I thought about this one a good bit. Mm -hmm. I think that the Jets can get a win here. Ooh. I'm going to take the upset. I'm going to take Jets wow. go to 3-3. Three three. If Zach Wilson can keep up how he's been playing, I think the Jets' defense can be the Eagles' offense's kryptonite. If, they're, if they can stop Swift, prevent that from getting going at all, and if we can see maybe Sauce and DJ get a pick or two and Zach Wilson just doesn't give the game away, I think it's winnable for the Jets. If Zach can... Nazi ghosts like his former <laughs> Sam Darnold was. I think they can win this. So I'm going to take the upset. I'll always be a, a hater on the Eagles. So 
I'm going to take the Jets win here. Listen, I like that upset a lot. I like that upset a lot. Like you said, that defense of the Jets, they, they're, they're going to keep them in pretty much every game for this season. But to the answer of who wins this game, I'm going to answer with a series of questions of yes or no answers. Okay. So do I think the Jets have a chance to win this game? Yes, I do. I definitely think they have a chance to win this game. Do I think the Jets' defense can slow down the Eagles' passing attack, especially? Yes, I do. Absolutely. That Jets' secondary and that pass rush is very, very good. Do I think Brees Hall is a monster and can run on the Eagles' defense even if their D-line is awesome? Yes. Do I also think Zach Wilson has been much better at quarterback the last two weeks? Yes. Now, do I think Zach Wilson is now good or even a top 25 quarterback in football? I absolutely do not. Do I think the Jets are consistent enough on both sides of the ball to deal with a team that is complete as Philly is. No way. So do I think the Jets are going to win this game? Absolutely not. I'm going to go with Philadelphia. It's going to be 24 to 16 Philly. Now let's move to Sunday night football. And this looks to be a mismatch as well as the Daniel Jones list giants. Daniel Jones is officially out for this game. Uh, they're going to face off against Josh Allen in the three and two Buffalo bills coming off a loss to Jacksonville overseas. So Mitch, I'm going to you, man. You got another upset where this one, are you going with the giants or are you going with the bills? I only got one New York team winning this week. Well, actually I have the bills winning this week against their other New York opponent. So I'm going to take Bill's win. I don't think that the, the Tyrod Giants can stay on the field at all. Um, even though I do have Saquon, I don't think they're going to do much offensively. I think the Bills will probably smoke them. I think that I just don't see them stopping Josh Allen. I mean, yeah. it's just it's probably not going to be pretty at all for the Giants. So I'm going to take the Bills advance four and two here. Yeah, I know I'm not going to spend too much time on this one because the Bills are going to win by double digits. I mean, we get to we may get to see that Tyrod Taylor revenge game because uh, he's going back and playing against Buffalo, so that's cool. Uh, and also, Saquon looks like he's going to be back, so that obviously helps. Uh, but here's my real football analysis. Uh, the Giants are bad, and the Bills are good, so the Bills are going to win by two touchdowns. Uh, it's not going to be a pretty one uh, for the Giants here today, especially without Daniel Jones, even though he's not like the greatest quarterback in the world. Uh, you know, you're missing your starting quarterback against a defense like the Bills, who actually is missing a lot of important pieces now without Trayvon Diggs and without, or with that, not Trayvon Diggs, uh, Tredavious White and Matt Milano uh, for probably for the season for both of them. Uh, it's going to be, you know, easier, easier to move the ball on them. But yeah, I'm not also not a believer in the Tyrod Taylor Giants uh, as far as getting the offense going. So like I said, 28 to 14, Bills are taking the win in this one. Now, we're going to Monday Night Football, where this looks like it's going to be a really, really good game. The Cowboys are coming off getting absolutely smacked by the 49ers, and they're going to L.A. to face off against Justin Herbert and the high-powered Chargers offense coming off a bye. So, Mitch, I'm going to you, man. In this last game of the week, who you got? You got the Cowboys or you got the Chargers? Like you said, this this is definitely a good, a good game to have on Monday Night Football. I mean, I'm going to be definitely watching this whole game i'm gonna take the chargers here after watching dak just get absolutely exposed by the 49ers not only was it ultra satisfying i just don't think that from what i've seen of him in his time in the nfl i don't think he has that bounce back blow out the next opponent killer instinct i think justin herbert puts on a show here i think definitely close definitely close game but i'm gonna take the chargers here yeah, so I'm right there with you as far as enjoying the Cowboys' loss last week because they're, 
there's just so much talk about the Cowboys all the time, and it's for no reason. Like they, they're always overhyped. Dak Prescott is arguably, in my opinion, the most overrated player in the NFL. I saw people have him as like a top six quarterback. Like there is no world in which Dak Prescott is a top six quarterback. Like he's barely top six in his own conference, let alone in the NFL. You know, he's, in my opinion, he's an average quarterback at best. He's, you know, middle of the pack, somewhere in that, you know, 13, 14, 15 range as far as quarterbacks go in the NFL. So, yeah, all the talk about him being elite was crazy, in my opinion. Uh, but as far as this game goes, I originally had the Chargers in this game because my mind couldn't shake what the Niners did to Dallas on Sunday Night Football. Uh, that was an all-time beatdown in what was supposed to be a great football game. And that's what the 20th century Cowboys do when there's expectations. They get absolutely slapped the fuck up. They just get smoked whenever there's expectations on them. Yeah. And there was expectations on them in that game, and they got absolutely smoked. And I think Allen and Herbert, uh, Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert, that is, are going to expose this defense that looked very shaky last week. And they're going to be without Trayvon Diggs for the rest of the year. And Leighton Van Der Esch is on IR as well. But... I do think the Cowboys are going to bounce back and get a big road win in L.A. If there's a talented team or one person I believe in less than the Cowboys, it's the Chargers and it's Brandon Staley. You want to talk about losing games they should win? The Chargers are the best in the league at that. They've been the best in the league at that for about a decade now. And Brandon Staley is awful. He is the worst head coach in football, in my opinion. He'll make an awful decision that loses them this game. I'm going to go with the Cowboys here. It's going to be a close one, but I'm going to go Cowboys. It's going to be 27-26, a close one that the Cowboys pull out. But that wraps it up. That's all the games we got for week six in the NFL. Like we talked about today, there is a lot of exciting football games for the week. I know I don't know about you, Mitch, but I can't wait to sit down and watch a lot of these football games on Sunday. Just do absolutely nothing with my Sunday, but watch football and watch a lot of these games because we got a lot of great ones that are going to be fun to watch. But like I said, that's going to be it for us today here on the Gridiron segment here at House Call Sports. Thank you guys so much for watching. Again, thank you to Lids for sponsoring this video. Shout out to the rest of our sponsors. That's Coffee Bros. That's Vivid Seats. That's SportMemorabilia.com, Pillow Fight, Fuo TV, and more. If you want to check out any or all of our sponsors, the links are in the description below. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe as well. We appreciate all your feedback. Give us your game picks down below. Be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms as well. That's at the House Call Sports. We got Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, Twitter. We're up on threads as well. We've got merch. You can meet the crew. And we've got blogs up on our website. Our website is www.thehousecall.com. And that's going to be it for us. Peace. They need to accept the fact that they should have like blown up a little bit and rebuilt. They need to, they, 